Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Judges 2, I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works, look right there, all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance. Verse 10, watch this. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel, everybody shout then. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. He said there arose a group of people. <laughs> there arose a group of people that didn't know what God had done. They didn't know his work. It had not been, for whatever reason, passed down to them. And so when they didn't know it, they decided to go serve the gods of the land. Now I want to go to Judges 6, and then we're going to read that, and then we're going to pray after that, and you can be seated after that. Judges 6, verse 1. Then the children of Israel did, did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was whenever Israel, don't miss this. Whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock in their tents coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were, were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet uh, to the children of Israel who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up out of the land of Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. I want you to listen, whatever you got to do, do not forget this next part because this is where God wants to speak powerfully today. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. 
Watch this. He said, this is what I told you, but you didn't do it. He said, so, so, so now there, so now there has been a shift. There's been a shift from where you ought to be to where you really are. But God said, I love you so much that I'm coming to tell you that you don't have to stay where you are. I'll put you where you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which is Oprah. And watch this. He belong, it belonged to Joash. And, and here is Gideon. Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press in order to hide it from the, 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 the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? <laughs> Every time I look around, it seems like something is going wrong. And God said, watch this, and where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the land of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So, I, I, let's just pray and let, let's go ahead and get in this today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the authority that you have given me. You said all authority was given, into your, given to your son and then he gave us the mandate to now go in this authority. So today, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we step into authority right now to drive the gods of the lands out. In the name of Jesus, spirit of the living God, fall on some people right now and let them know who they are, God. Let them know, Lord, that you ain't done with them, but you're ready to raise them up in the name of Jesus today. Now let your perfect will be done and let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And everybody that agrees, shout amen. Give God some praise for five seconds in this house before you're seated. Amen. Glory. Praise the Lord. Now, here in, in this chapter, I, I read Judges chapter 2 on purpose. <clears throat> because in Judges chapter 2, the Bible says that there arose a generation there arose a group of people that did not know the works that God had done for Israel. In other words, they had figured out another way how to do church. 
They had figured out another way to live for God. They had figured out another way to, to, to walk with the Lord instead of depending on God. And the Lord says, okay, if you got it all together and you know that how to do it by yourself, then I'm going to let you get out there by yourself for a little while. But you're going to realize that when you get out there by yourself for a little while, you're going to find yourself in a position where you got to cry out to me. You're going to find yourself in a position where you got to call out to me because what you don't understand is that I never left you, you left me. And so the Bible says that they get to this place where the, the, the Median Knights are constantly coming up. Now, what you must understand, the people of Median uh, or, were, were the people of the Amalekites. And, and, and basically, it was the people that Joshua, on a regular basis, would come up against. And every time Joshua and the children of Israel fought the Medianites, they would beat them. They would defeat them. They would destroy them. But here we are now, the Midianites are coming up and they are ravishing the land and taking what they want, when they want, how they want. And they are doing what they want to the people of God. And the people of God think that the, it's the Lord's fault. But the Lord said, I told you, don't fear the gods of the land. And when you begin to fear the gods of the land, when you begin to bow before the gods of the land, when you begin to serve the gods of the land, you gotta realize that then you are now set up for destruction and you are now set up to be defeated because God said, I'm not going to share you with anybody else. And so the Bible says they begin to fear the gods of the Amorites. These were the places, these were the, the statues, these were the idols that the Amorites had set up in the land. And the Bible said, and God tells them, he says, do not fear these gods because if you fear these gods, then you are going to begin to set yourself in a place, listen carefully, where my judgment is going to come on you. Because you have begun to give yourself to the gods of the land. I want to talk about a few gods of the land today. Right now, much of the church is bowing to the gods of this world. Much of the church is fearful of the gods of this world. They might not be getting on their knees in a natural way, bowing to these gods, but in the spirit, they are bowing before the gods of this world. And listen, if you respond and you react to everything that happens like the world does, then you are bowing to the gods of the world. The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. I want you to understand you are not to respond. To, you are not to respond to everything in this world like the world does. God has made you different. God has made you his son. God has made you his daughter. God has cleansed you with his blood. God has put his spirit inside of you. God has given you his word. God has even surrounded you with angels. If you are responding to everything, Everything that is happening in this world, like the world, I got news, you are bowing to the gods of the land. 
Now, I know I might lose my amen crowd here in a little while. But it's okay. What you must understand is, is, is that when, when you realize, you, you got to realize that God was in a place where he was upset with the children of Israel. Because they were bowing to the gods of the land. Their fear of what was happening. Hear me clear, carefully so I can preach this. Their fear of what was happening in the land was not the fear of the Amorites. It was the fear of the God of the Amorites. Church, right now, many in the body of Christ are living in fear. Many believe they are living, listen, many believe that they are living in fear of what is happening in the nation. In other words, the circumstances, the situations that are happening in the nation. But what you don't realize is you're not living in fear to what is happening. You're living in fear to the gods of the land that are causing them to happen right now. You're living in fear to the gods of the land. But what they don't realize is, listen, when you're actually living in fear to the gods of the land, then you begin to open yourself up to the gods of the land. <sighs> I expect, hey, this might just be one of them good old uh, family meetings. <laughs> I expect the lost to live submitted to the gods of the land. They don't know no better. I expect the backslider to find himself bowing before the gods of the Amorites. Why? He has left his place in the Lord. But children of the Most High God, those of you that are Holy Ghost filled and you've been cleansed with the blood of Jesus, I need to tell you, you no longer need to bow to the gods of the land. You need to stand up like Gideon and you need to destroy the idols and you need to say, where is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about you have been redeemed. Somebody say, I have been redeemed. You've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You have been given the spirit of God, the Ruach HaKadosh, the breath of God. You have been given the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It lives inside of you and it quickens your mortal body. You have no need to fear the gods of the land, church. You have no reason to bow or live in fear of the gods of this land. Watch this. I want you to know that if God, listen, under the old covenant, God, when his children were in bondage, he sent plagues to deliver them. When his children was in were in bondage, he sent a messenger to come in and say, Pharaoh, you got to let them go. When his children were in bondage, he, the Bible says that he led them out of bondage. 
He didn't leave them. He didn't lead them out broke. He didn't lead them out sick. He didn't lead them out disgusted. The Bible said when they came up out of that thing, they were healed. They they came out with the riches of Egypt, and they walked to a place that God had already prepared for them to meet with them. I want you to know that if God did that under an old covenant, I got news for you today. You are under a new and better covenant. You are under the blood of Jesus. You are under the word of God. And if he did that for the old covenant, he will do that for you under the new covenant. He will separate the sea. He will cause water to come out of a rock. You got to get where God is trying to get you to. You have no need to fear the gods of the land. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, that's why here at this church, look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, I don't know if you know it, but you're at home. That's why here at this church, we do stuff different. We do stuff different. We're not, when, when somebody said, well, well, you know, uh, the, the rest of them churches, they doing this. I don't care. I didn't ask them. And, and they ain't asking me. We do stuff different here. Why do we do stuff different right here? Because I realize I ain't bowing to the gods of this land. I ain't trying to be led by them. I don't fear them. Matter of fact, they are under my feet. The last time I checked, the devil was under my feet. The last time I checked, I have all authority and dominion in the earth. And whatever I permit in the earth shall be permitted by heaven. And whatever I don't permit in the earth will not be permitted by heaven. I'm just trying to get you where we're going today. So, so that's why we do stuff a little different around here. We, 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 we realize, we realize, Pastor Antoine, that God has made us the head and not the tail. I realize that God, that God had made, has made us above and not beneath. I realize that God has blessed me when I lay down and God blesses me when I rise up. I realize that everything I put my hands to shall prosper. Everything I put my hands to will be better than before I put my hands to it. I realize that I am not subject to the gods of this land. I am not subject to what they want. I am not subject to what they do desire. If I was, they would have been done to take me out. But I tell you, I am not subject to them. They are under our feet. Come on, we're going to go somewhere today. Uh, We realize that just because everyone else in the world is bowing to these gods, we are not going to bow. I'm going to say it one more time. We are not going to bow. I'm going to say it one more time. We are not going to bow. Say what you want to say. Put whatever pressure you want to put. Threaten all you want to threaten. You can heat it up seven times hotter if you want to. But we will not bow.
bow. I'm not bowing to the gods of this land. I'm not bowing to the gods of religion. I'm not bowing to the Gaia Toboshete. We will not bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are three things that happen when you bow to the gods of the land. Three things that happen when you bow to the gods of the land. Oh, yeah, it feels good for a minute. It relieves you of pressure. People have no idea the pressure this leadership was under last year. No idea. And when you were, oh, and when you would have thought that the body of Christ would have stood up, they turned on us. Why? Because we were destroying idols that they were comfortable bowing before, but they did not realize that if you keep bowing to these gods, you are forfeiting stuff. When you bow before the gods of the land, you, you forfeit your harvest. You forfeit your harvest. You forfeit your harvest. God has a harvest in store for you. God has a harvest in store for your family. God has a harvest in store for your generations after you. But when you bow to the gods of the land, you forfeit your harvest. Children of Israel, it, it didn't matter how much they were sowing. Look, it's right there in your word. It didn't matter how much they were sowing. Because they had bowed to the gods of the land. Every time their harvest came up, the enemy took it. Right now, I, I want to speak to the body of Christ in America. That are bowing to the gods of the land. And you can't realize... And you, you, you can't, you, you don't understand why your old programs ain't working. You don't understand why your gimmicks ain't working no more. You don't understand why you used to be able to put this out and put that out and pack the house and now won't nobody show up no more. You got to understand that because you bowed to the gods of this land, you have now forfeited your harvest and God is calling you back to the one and true God. He is calling you back to the altar of the Lord and he's saying if you'll repent, I'll give you the harvest that you were sowing for. But as long as you bow... Before the gods of this land, you forfeit your harvest. You forfeit your harvest. Number two, you forfeit your authority. When you bow to the gods of this land, you forfeit your authority. It really don't matter how much scripture you quote. You are bowing before the wrong God and that God cannot give you authority. The only God that can give you authority is Elohim. It is Jehovah. It is Yahweh. And his the son's name is Jesus. And you can only bow to this God. You can't bow to anything else and walk in your authority. You can't do it. You forfeit your authority. But I don't know how much of the church wants authority anymore anyway, Molly. Because when you carry some authority, all of a sudden devils start screaming out. 
When you when you carry some authority, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you lose you might lose your amen crowd that you really thought were with you, but they really wasn't with you the whole time. They were really against you, and God knew it all the time. I don't know how many people want, I don't know how many churches want to walk in authority anymore anyway. Because when you walk in authority, all of a sudden, man, people start, so-and-so fell out, kick them out. So-and-so spoke in tongues, kick them out. When you walk in authority, all of a sudden things start, things start shifting. Things start changing. Things start getting out of your way. Things start working out for you. And things start coming in your direction right there when you walk in an authority. It ain't clean. It might not be pretty. And it might not stroke the religious. But it is definitely what the kingdom of God has given to his people. And the Lord is asking the church, if you'll break your idols and you'll bow before me, I'll give you your authority back ah yeah but you don't only forfeit your authority you forfeit the next generation right now there is a generation being raised up that's the reason I'm so thankful for what's happening in this house because there's a generation being raised up I, I really don't know what they're getting. I mean, like, even the ones that are going to churches every Sunday, I don't know what they're getting. Have y'all seen what church is called out there? Like, have you watched... What they're calling church? There is a generation raised that is rising up that thinks church is about entertainment. There is a generation rising up that thinks church is about a social club. I can't get nobody to shout in this house right there. It's okay. There's a generation rising up right now. They don't know the works of God. And they don't know how the Lord brought folk through years ago. They don't know that he used to lay hands on the sick and they recover. There is a generation rising up that thinks that the government tells the church what they can and cannot do. But the devil is a liar. I remember a church that walked in such authority. That walked in such power that they could Stand up and say, not on my watch in Jesus' name. Before for the next generation. Pastor Jason, I'm going to have to take my jacket off for this. Because I'm probably going to lose some more amen crowd. So... I don't want to go about what, the, what, what bowing to the gods of the land do anymore. I want to talk about some of the gods of the land. Let's give Jesus a praise for three seconds at least. Come on. The gods of the land. I've never seen the God of fear 
so rampant. Do, do y'all know that, like, like the, the government didn't even come and tell you there was a gas shortage. The media told you a gas shortage and you were putting gas in grocery bags. What is going on? What is happening? Folk taking Ingalls bags and sticking. Now, I would love to say this ain't nothing but the world. But this is a God in the land. And it's not the God we serve. It is a false God. Controlling people. How long are you church? How long are you church of America gonna bow before this God? How long? How long will you allow the enemy to come up and steal your harvest, take your generation and forfeit what God has given you that you may bow before this God? Never seen it. I, I, I've never, I, I've never seen it like this. I, There, there, Pastor Luke, there, there's, I'm not going to name no places because that's not, I don't think that's fitting. But there are places that built their whole ministry on faith. Right? I mean, like they built their, they were considered the faith preachers in the world. Like if you wanted somebody to come in and preach and teach on faith, you brought these people in. They still ain't opened their church. Okay, thank you, Holy Ghost. If your church ain't open yet, don't go back. Don't go back in Jesus' name. They're backslidden. They have given over to an antichrist spirit, and you need to find a place that has the anointing and the power and the truth of God. Don't go back. Leave it alone. Write them a nice letter. Give them an offering and say, I got to go. I got to get out of here. See y'all later. Well, pastor, you don't understand. No, you don't understand. I'm telling you, my Bible tells me that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he delivered back then, he'll deliver right now. And even if he does not, I will not bow. I will not bow. Don't go back. If you're sitting here saying, well, pastor, we just coming until our church opens up. 
We like it and everything, but when we go, you know, when it opens up, we're going back. Don't do it. Don't be hateful. Don't be proudful. Don't be boastful. Write them a letter. Give them an offering. God bless you. I was about to tell him quit the live feed, but now we're going to let it go. I, I opened up. I ain't against nobody today. I'm against the God of this land that's trying to hold people back. Because I see people forfeiting a lot of stuff, and you don't even know what you're forfeiting. You don't even know what you're forfeiting to bow before this false God. I'm talking about opened up and, and I didn't hear one cross word, Pastor Renfro, from the world. But you would have thought I went out there and slapped the body of Christ right in the face. I opened up to destroy the idols of the land. But people were so comfortable bowing to them. That they'll fight you over them. And then go into church and speak in tongues next Sunday. Oh, I'm going to handle it. I might not. You might not like me after today. But one thing you all going to know is that it's not okay to bow before the gods of the land. One thing you are going to know that when you stand before Jesus and you will, there was a southern talking country preacher that told you the truth, that told you it's not okay to bow to the gods of this land, that you need to stand up in the power and the might that he has given you right now. And if God be for us, who can be against? us. I'm looking for a church right now that'll say I'm done bowing. I'm done kneeling. I'm done submitting to these idols. I'll break them in the name of Jesus. Hey, uh, I'm done bowing. Are you done bowing? These people said God has forsaken us and left us. But I heard the spirit say, no, you have forsaken God and left him. God said, I'm right back where you left. Number two, what is the, the God of this land, the God of apathy? The God of apathy and complacency. Well, Pastor, I hear good things going on down there. Y'all in revival, praise God, I'm going to pray for you every once in a while. Just as dead as a sack of rocks. It has not even connected one time, Brother Robert. Maybe I ought to show up. 
it ain't even click with them that I'm lethargic. I don't even have a hunger for the presence of God no more. I'm the pastor of the church and I get ticked if it goes 50 minutes. Just, just done got so complacent that they don't even know what church is like outside of their pajamas anymore. I'm going to knock this idol down in this region and in this nation and in this state today. They don't even know. They don't have no fire no more. The God of apathy, complacent. Man, I ain't got time for all that stuff. I'll pay God off. I'll pay God off. I'll send in my tithe. I'll give my offerings, but I'm just going to pay him. I ain't got time to go sit in no service. Who got time for that? I ain't got time to do none of that stuff. I got time for everything else, but I ain't got time to spend with God. You are complacent. You are apathetic. You are lukewarm. And if something don't change, he's going to spew you out of his mouth. The, the God of apathy is really the spirit of Antichrist. Can I just spend a few minutes on the spirit of Antichrist right now? There is an ant, it's always been in the world, the Bible says, right? But there is a spirit of Antichrist that is running rampant through the world. Running, I'm talking about rampant. It's got all kinds of agendas connected to it. It is intertwined all throughout the church. It is the spirit of anti-anointing. Don't put me in an atmosphere where the anointing is present. Don't put me anywhere where God is going to move. Don't put me anywhere where something's got to shift in my life. I am comfortable bowing before the gods of the Amorites. I am comfortable being who I want to be. I'm comfortable doing what I want to do. I just want to feel good every once in a while. Give me a few Holy Ghost bumps and let me go on out the door. But the devil is a liar. You got to realize that the Lord has given you way too much for you to live in apathy. God has given you way too much to live in complacency. God has lived, given you way too much for you to be lethargic. He, listen, Jesus put wicked and lazy in the same sentence. You've got to understand something, that the life that you are living on this earth, it is but a vapor, and then you're going to spend eternity somewhere. So you need to realize today I have decided I'm not going to live it in apathy. I'm not going to live it in complacency. I'm not going to live it in lukewarm living but I'm going to find where the fire of God is pouring I'm going to find where the glory is pouring out. I'm going to find where his power is and I'm going to get in the middle of it. Push your neighbor and say, breathe a little bit. It's going to be okay. This thing's going to end real good. 
I got to smash some idols, though. I, I got to break some idols. I, I got to smash, I'm telling you. Somebody has taught the church that it's okay to bow to the gods of the land. Well, let me find out what the CDC says and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do in church. See, I, I know I might not be getting many shouts, but I'm telling you, I'm all up in somebody's cabinet right now. I'm rattling pots and pans. I'm cleaning the rat droppings out of the back of the corner right now. I'm all up in the cabinet right now. Because you've got to understand something. We ain't never going to take any, uh, any territory while we bow before a false god. We can claim that every place we put our feet we were on. But if you go back home and bow before that false god, you ain't getting nothing, baby. It don't matter how much you shout. It don't matter how much you say amen. It don't matter how much words you know. If you keep bowing before that false god, you ain't going to get anything from heaven and you're not going to take territory. There's an antichrist spirit. Ha, ha. All right, so I'm probably going to lose a few people right here, but for the next three minutes, you need to understand the antichrist spirit is not just something that is infiltrating the church. It's something that's infiltrated the government. It's infiltrated this nation. It's the antichrist spirit. That is why, that is why our government right now does not care to put people to work. They want to keep handing out money. Why is this? Because they're trying to destroy the dollar so they can come to a one world money system. You've got to understand what is happening right now. That's why they will not exalt righteousness and they continue to pull it down and they continue to exalt wickedness. Why? Because if you're going to destroy a nation, you've got to destroy the family first. And so this is what's happening right now and it's an antichrist spirit that's all the way behind it and we got believers out here supporting this mess. You've got to get yourself woke up and you've got to realize that God has placed you in a place Place to be the head and not the tail. I don't want your I don't want your hand out. I don't want it. God said, if I sow, I shall reap. I'm leading this thing, baby. I ain't following none of this stuff. It's an antichrist spirit. Then got into church. Then got then then infiltrated into the church. Somebody say fix it, preacher. All right. It's an antichrist spirit. Don't just nothing. This is what the Bible says. This is what your Bible says. Push your neighbor and say, this is what your Bible says. That in the last days, evil will be called good and good will be called evil. You want to be called evil? Stand up for good. 
Start preaching something that's godly. You want to be called evil? Begin to stand up for something that's in that word right there. You want to be called evil? Begin to stand up and say, no, no. I know they might have taught you that down there, but that is the wrong way. You got to submit yourself to authority. You want to be called evil? You just stand up and say, it's not good that you kill babies anymore in their mother's womb. You want to be called evil? You just stand up and say, I know they told you that homosexuality is okay, but the devil is a liar. Repent. Are you going to spend eternity in a place called hell? You want to be called evil? Then you start telling them, take your woke gospel back to hell where it came from. Because that is exactly where it came from. It's a God of apathy, man. It's like, it's like if you're doing anything for God, don't know, it's like nobody really wants to connect with it. But if you're struggling and ain't nothing happening in your church, everybody wants to connect. It's a God of apathy. It's the God that says, let me sit at home and binge watch for five hours. But I ain't got time for the Lord. I don't have time for the Lord. It's, a, it's the God of this land that says, you can, you can be a believer, but you don't have to be all radical and stuff. While I go shop in the women's department to get my clothes, you don't have to be all radical and stuff. Don't even know what department to shop in. All right, I'm over that. Let's go to the next one. Amen. I, I got it out. It's like, you know, I told somebody the other day, I was like, you need, need to tell some of these preachers that W is not because somebody put the M upside down. It's actually for women. You know, that's like women's clothes. The third God I want to discuss, I want to talk about, and then I'm almost done. I know I've kept y'all kind of long, but it's the God in this land. It's the God of, watch this, it's the God of division. Church can't come together over nothing no more. I loved how the man of God so brilliantly 
and so heavenly brought it home last night. <laughs> he, he, he brought it home last night. And, and I told him, I said, you know, you preached about half my sermon, but I'm going to preach it tomorrow anyway. I ain't changing my sermon because you touched half of it. Uh, unless the Lord tells me, but otherwise we're going to stay where we're at. And, 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 and so it's the God of division. It's uh, let me separate the body of Christ because if they ever come together, I can't stop the body of Christ. Okay. When I became pastor here, that was, uh, this November will be 12 years, I think it is. I lose track of time and stuff, but when I became pastor, I had to, there was, a, there was something going on in the church where um, there was like, you know, white people didn't want to go to church with black people. And so I had to kick that out. I did. I, I had to kick that out because I knew that was of the devil. And, and the Lord has given this church a threefold mandate to break the spirit of poverty, to break the spirit of religion, and to break the spirit of racism. So I knew what I was dealing with when I showed up. But I was not expected last year when I got attacked from black people who didn't want to go to church with white folk. They call me racist. Some of them still part of this ministry. Call me racist because I would not bow to the idol of a critical race theory. It got tight, then I feel it. I feel that pressure on me, but that's okay. I got to work this thing out for a minute because it's the elephant in the room right now, and I might as well just say what anybody else is thinking right now. I had never been so hurt because I had fought for 11 years. And now I wouldn't bow to a critical. Listen, there's racism in the land. You better know it. And we're doing all we can to break it. But I'm talking about a critical race theory. I was told, here we go. I was told by some people who were leaders in this ministry that I had to show partiality to African-American people and, and show it above anybody else or if I really wanted to reach the African-American population. And I said, well, what about the gospel? I, I read the Bible that says the gospel reaches black people, white people, Asian people, Puerto Rican people, Hispanic people. I, I just got to preach the gospel. I know who you are. So they told me, Pastor Luke, they told me, they said, they said, now this was actually told to me. No fear, no fear of God, no respect for the man of God. This was actually told to me that when, they told me that when somebody comes in your church and it's a new family, and they are the African-American family, then you are to treat them different than everybody else. 
they told me this. They said, you are to, you are to recognize them and nobody else. So Pastor Harold said, you mean we, you don't recognize the Hispanic or anybody else? They said, no, you don't recognize them, just, just the black people. I said, James said that if I show partiality to anybody, I have sinned against God. So you can take that critical race theory back to hell where it came from because it will not minister in this house. We accept all people, white people, black people, yellow people, everybody is welcome. And we will not show partiality to anybody. Can you imagine this? How this offended God? Said, no, no, we got to set this straight. My Bible tells me, now I don't know what yours reads, but my Bible tells me that when I got born again, I don't know what y'all did, but I gave everything to the Lord, man. I, I gave everything to God. I said, God, I'm born again, and, and the only, this is who I am a part. I'm a part of the kingdom of the most high God. Now that I've enslaved the idols, I need you to understand that this is what God told Gideon. He said, take a bull with you. He said, now go tear down that altar and go tear down that, the Asherah pole. And he said, he said, and take that bull and cut it up and take what you tore down in the altar and use it as fuel to raise something up. And the Holy Ghost told me, he said, when you get done smashing the idols today, he said, tell some people that what they were worshiping is now about to become fuel for you to go further in God. He said, tell them that there's about to be an incense that's lifted up before their life because they're not bowing anymore. They're not bowing to these false gods. And it's about to create a fire inside of them that'll take them where I have called them to be. There it is. There it is. 
If you choose to lose me, leave me over, I bless you in the name of the Lord, and I pray you'll find a good place. But I'm tired of these idols being lifted up in the house of God, and it is, I'm done with it, and God is done with it, and it's time for the body of Christ to raise up and take your rightful place and step in your authority and begin to decree and declare that if God is for me, then who can be against me? It is time for you to take your rightful place. There it is. I said, stand up. I said, God, you know, when you're up here, you preach something like this, you always struggle with being misunderstood. You do. But Gideon was misunderstood. He went and tore down the altars and they wanted to kill him. His own people, Pastor Antoine, wanted to kill him for tearing down the altars when the, of Baal when the altars of Baal is what was keeping them in bondage. So he went and tore them down and they said, we're going to kill him. And Joash stood up and said, hold on one second. Ain't nobody laying a hand on him. If Baal is all that, let him handle his own business. Let him do his own thing. And God tells Gideon, in his weakest moment, he was in a wine press threshing wheat. You got to get this. The wine press is the place where things begin to change. It's the place where you take the grapes and they begin to press them so that it, what was a grape now becomes a liquid. Stay with me. But he's in the wine press. This is where things change, but he's threshing wheat. This is where things are separated. And God said, it is by no accident that things have been changing and things have been separating. He said, because in this last day, I am separating. I am separating the wheat from the shaft. And anybody that'll dare step in the wine press, I'm taking what was hard and I'm making it, I'm making it flow in your life once again. He said, so I'm, he said, so what you've been seeing, man of God, is things changing and things separating. Don't get nervous. Because it's what's got to happen. So this... So today, use. I know I, I know I cut some stuff up today. I know I, do. I did. I know I did. I, I, I know. But I've just been seeing some of you bow. And I'm like, you don't remember what he did for you? You, you don't remember when you walked in? 
You didn't have nothing. You were on your way to hell. God turned around and changed you. And now, now you're sitting good, but you're bowing. God said, no, 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 no. Take. All right. Let me ask one more question. Then I'm, then I'm done. How many, how many last year it was? I, I'm not talking about financial, but I'm talking about in what you walked through in a season. It was kind of rough for you. Just lift your hand. It, it was kind of rough. I'm talking about you, you just felt like there was some rough things happening in your life and what you were facing. It was just, it just seemed like it came from everywhere. This is your word. Take what was coming against you. Smash it up. Tear it up. And let it be fuel for where God is about to take you. Come on, somebody. Let it be fuel. If you found yourself lonely last year, let it be fuel for what you're about to do. If you found yourself misunderstood last year, let it be fuel for what's about to happen. If you found yourself in a dark place, let it be fuel for where you're going. God ain't done with you. Lift your hands all over this place. Father, I thank you for your word today. I, I did my very best to please you, God. I did, not, I did not try to please anybody other than you. I, I just came and said what you wanted me to say, even at the risk of being misunderstood, even at the risk of being talked about even at the risk of being left even at the risk of being attacked I did what you said to God and so today Lord the results are in your hand I leave them to you now God in the name of Jesus now Lord let every idol be smashed Let it be broken down to nothing. And God, let your dear people know that you don't have to have large numbers to give the victory. You just have to have somebody that'll believe. God, grant this so that we can come together as the body of Christ not as a white person not as a black person not as a as an Asian person not as none of this grant this so we can come together I said Lord last year I said God why is all these attacks coming on the African American community God he said, son, because there is a revival in the African-American community that this nation has never seen before. I said, God, how does it work? I was talking to one of our dear sister's cousins, Keenan Bridges, the other day. I don't know if y'all know him, preacher. I was talking to him the other day. We was just talking on the phone and he said, Pastor, the Spirit of the Lord tells me 
He's never been here. Me and him just talked on the phone. He said, the spirit of the Lord tells me that God is about to send send African-American people from all over the state of Georgia to your house. I said, I said, I said, preacher, what are you talking about? He said, no, 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 you don't understand. They're about to find healing in your house. They're about to find where he said, so, so you got to begin to prepare for the body of Christ to come together. He said, I ain't never seen you. I don't know you, but I'm telling you what the spirit of the Lord is saying. But there was an idol standing in the way and I had to get it out of the way today so we can reach everybody. Come on, somebody, if you believe that right now, give God a praise all over this house. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.